what's going on, everybody. It is Monday, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are listening to the podcast from BSTL. What does BSTL stand for? It stands for Building Something That Lasts. I hope that you're keeping well. I hope you've had a wonderful weekend as we continue to have these uh, conversations about everything that is leadership-based Uh, I hope you're enjoying the fact that we are now almost officially completely out of winter and moving towards spring, which means that some flowers are going to start coming up, more birds are going to be chirping, and I just can't wait for the weather uh, to completely change. So I hope you're keeping well wherever you are. Again, if you have not, and I know that we got a lot of people that are listening to this, but if you have not yet, please remember to like, um, subscribe, and to share this with other friends that you know of that will benefit uh, from these conversations. And we talk about all things leadership, anything and everything that is connected uh, to leadership. We want to have those conversations here. So, of course, we're going to jump right into um, our conversation today. And I hope you're going to enjoy this one. I wrestled with this one, um, but I think we're going to talk about it anyways. This one is entitled Give Them What They Need and Don't Worry About What They Want. Give them what they need and don't necessarily worry about what they want. So, of course, um, I want to talk about uh, the struggle that I think a lot of us as leaders encounter at some point, Uh, especially if you are uh, leading individuals, you're a part of a management team, and you've got individuals that report to you. Um, If you're that person, this conversation is for you, because I think every single person has uh, led and led um, with excellence, even though there's uh, difficulty uh, that may happen for each person while they are on this journey. So I don't want this title to be misleading to you. I know exactly where we're going today um, because, you know, one of the conversations that I've been hearing a lot recently is about the importance of empathy and compassion and just really um, pouring out and 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 really nurturing uh, the team that you are assigned to and those that you are leading in whatever your capacity may be. So let me just say this off the top. I agree with all of those things 100%, um, but I want to drill down a little bit deeper and talk a little bit more um, about this because I think sometimes when we talk about um, empathy and compassion and, and uh, valuing those that we work with and those that work for us in, you know, whatever your capacity may be. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we will, you know, almost put out a statement that you have to smother the fire on. So let me just also say this. I think it's important. You know, the greatest resource that you will ever have in whatever organization you are leading is always going to be the people. Uh, You know, I don't care how much, you know, artificial intelligence is out there. It doesn't matter how automated uh, the world is becoming. The truth is you will never be able to completely get rid of human beings. There's always going to be a human uh, resource that you will have to work with at some point in some type of capacity. And while it is important to make sure that you value the people uh, that you work with, that work for you, that you are accountable to, it's important to serve them, it's important uh, to check in on them and make sure that they're okay, I still want to come back to the title of this podcast, right? So regardless of all of what I've said, you still are going to, uh, at some point, um, meet uh, uh, an intersection Um, where somebody is going to perceive you the wrong kind of way. 
And of course, I'm remembering uh, years ago when I worked for a particular company uh, that was growing and thriving, and then it just all of a sudden it kind of went through like a lull, right? Um, people were not as motivated. You know, some people were saying that they were feeling unappreciated. Uh, the pro the, the the product had changed, and so people were getting accustomed to you know what this new service is that. Uh, would need to be provided and you know subsequent to that you know some of the numbers uh, were not what the management team wanted them to be they the numbers were low uh, but people were okay they were kind of sort of happy to be at work but they were in a comfortable space now the problem with that is is that while those uh, that may not have been in the upper management uh, level were comfortable where they were they were okay in terms of coming to work uh, the feedback was always ongoing you know lots of lots of uh, coaching moments the reality is if they didn't change their overall productivity they were going to be in big trouble and when i say big trouble we're not talking about punitive um, but those of us that have worked uh, in business in whatever the capacity is or worked for any type of organization um, while it is important to make sure that those that you're working with are good, there is also another bottom line that you are focused on at the same time. And whatever that bottom line is, whether it's something to do with sales, whether it is with the projections that you are uh, looking at and, and, and kind of forecasting, the bottom line is there are multiple bottom lines uh, that we as leaders have to navigate and figure out and process and identify, right? So at the end of the day, yes, human resources, right? Without the human resources, we don't have organizations, we don't have companies, we don't have a product that we can distribute. But at the same time, while the human resources thing is a very important piece, so too is the product that you have to deliver on. And so probably the hardest part about being a leader and growing in this capacity, and let me just also say this, by no means am I suggesting that I have arrived and that I understand all of these different pieces. I'm still growing, and I think you you don't stop growing until you die, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but the reality is I have now come to the conclusion that while you are um, going to have to focus on the people that work with you and for you, you've also got to make sure that you are focused on the things that perhaps they are not focused on. Uh, so, you know, not too long ago, uh, my son wasn't feeling too well and I had to give him some medicine, right? And the reality is I don't know that there's a kid on this planet that really looks forward to medicine, especially uh, the one that doesn't taste so good. So I just want to say thank you so much to Buckley's. You have successfully uh, turned off another generation to the flavor of your product, um, but it always does what it's supposed to do. And so he was, you know, struggling a little bit with um, this cold slash flu that was coming on. And I was like, man, I just, I got to make sure that this guy gets better sooner than later or else, you know, we're going to be spending some days at home and I've got work that I've got to do. And so, yep, maybe my motives weren't the purest. And yes, I do love him, but I want him to be at school so that I can do some of the other things I needed to do. And so I said to him, look, man, we've got to take this Buckley's. If you don't take the Buckley's, you're not going to feel well. And if you're not feeling well, then you're going to have to stay home. And he was like, all right, cool. I don't mind staying home. <laughs> so, of course, I'm like, I mind. And so we do this Buckley's thing. And, you know, he's got this whole science down as to how it is that he takes this Buckley thing. You know, we've got the spoon ready with the right proportion. We've got the Buckley's. And he always has this uh, bottle of water that is close to him. And as we're now taking this full spoon 
of Buckley's almost immediately as soon as he swallows it, he's gone for this water because I guess he's learned that, you know, you can chase this Buckley's down um, with some water so it kind of takes the edge off of it. And, you know, we took it um, for about a day and a half. And after a day and a half, he was like, that thing tastes terrible. But, Dad, I sure do feel a whole lot better now. And really, this is the crux of the conversation that we're having today. Uh, Because like the Buckleys, sometimes you've got to give those that uh, may not be feeling so well something that is going to be better for them long term, even if the immediate thing Uh, The taste of it, uh, the feedback that you're giving is not the best. And so really one of the things that I have to challenge myself with, and I'm challenging those of you that are leaders listening uh, to the podcast this evening is sometimes we have exchanged um, being liked um, for what is best for the organization. And I want to say that again. Some of us have exchanged um, being liked, um, embraced um, for the sake of what is best Uh, for the organization. And the reality is a lot of times when we are leading, people aren't looking at the spreadsheets. They have no idea uh, what's coming down the turnpike. They come and they show up every day for work and they give you uh, the best that they have or the best that they can, uh, the best that they can based on what you've trained them to do. But the reality is sometimes the best may not be good enough in order to meet some of the objectives and the things that you have to accomplish. And so as a leader, it's your responsibility to help people to understand that I am having this difficult conversation with you. I'm showing you at the end of the month uh, some of the reporting that has come back, both personal and maybe departmental, um, departmentally and so on. I'm, I'm showing you this information, um, not because I want to be the Debbie Downer or you know the Reverend Killjoy, but I'm doing this because I've got to show you that in order for us to do better as an organization, as a department, I've got to show you where you fit in and I've got to show you what it is that you need to do. And the challenge is, um, and, and, and I think it's a work in progress, right? Because uh, you can have a conversation, a difficult conversation with somebody in one month and it goes really well. And then you can come back um, the following month and have the exact same conversation in a different kind of way and it doesn't necessarily happen as well as it did the previous month. And, and part of that is, is that life is happening. You know, sometimes when things, uh, feedback is received well, it's because maybe there's a lot that's happening well. Maybe home is okay, and maybe fiscally they're doing okay, and the list goes on. And then the following month, something has happened. Maybe somebody's gotten a diagnosis, or something's happening at home that is out of the norm. And then all of a sudden, you know, this positive coaching that you think you're doing, uh, that individual... Uh, perceives it as you uh, speaking to them in a condescending kind of way. And in those moments, as a leader, we have to, um, as leaders, we have to be courageous enough uh, to stick right in there with that conversation. And of course, this is one of the reasons for why um, coaching opportunities and teachable moments, they have to be consistent And they also have to be ongoing because the truth is, if you haven't spoken to an employee, um, whether it's in a profit or nonprofit uh, setting, if you haven't spoken to them for quite some time, and then when you finally speak to them, you're kind of uploading or downloading all of the things that they are not doing well, I promise you, more than likely, that is not going to be uh, the best type of conversation. 
And so, of course, um, ongoing consistent feedback is essential because when you keep saying the same thing over and over and you are giving uh, that individual the tools in order for them to do their work properly, I promise you, they may um, not necessarily look forward to these month-end meetings, but they will appreciate it because at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is not just help yourself to look better as a leader, but you're also trying to help them to be a better employee to ensure that if there's ever a conversation that comes up around uh, layoffs or um, cutting back on the size of the organization, the department, etc., those individuals that are entrusted under your care will always find another place because they have consistently been given the type of feedback that will allow for them to do well in whatever capacity they are working in and serving in. And so this is the thing, right? So as leaders, we have to understand that by giving them what they need versus what they want, you are ensuring that long-term they are going to be successful. They are going to do well. And it is difficult, right? Because we're all humans, right? And I know that sometimes uh, those that are, you you may be responsible for, for those that are entrusted to your care, um, it's difficult because sometimes you have to have the hard conversations um, that there is no other way to say it except for you're not doing well right now and we need you to pick up some speed and we need you to pick up some steam. Sometimes there is no easy way to say, look, you are underperforming. But if you are empathetic at the core and you truly believe in what you're doing and you are truly there for those that you are responsible for, long term, even if they don't like the initial conversation, they are going to rock with you or stay with you a little bit longer because they know that you wouldn't be having this type of conversation unless there was something happening or something coming or something that needed to change immediately for their own personal good. And so I'm an advocate um, for difficult conversations, even though I myself may not love to have them. I'm an advocate for them because the longer you are coaching and giving direction uh, to those that you are working with, you are actually helping them and shaping them to become maybe even better than what you have become. And here's the reality, right? And I've said this in other podcasts, so I hope you don't mind me being um, redundant. Um, But the reality is, Your job as a leader, if you're really good at what you do, is to create individuals that are able to do what you do better than you do. And I think that that's okay. And I know that for some leaders, they they get a little bit nervous because there's a young man or a young woman who's joined the co- uh, the company and they are ambitious and they are learning quickly and on the curve, uh, they are outperforming you where you would have been when you first started. Don't worry about those individuals because the truth is it's always a good testament to great leaders when you have individuals that are constantly on your team that are not just benchmarking, but they are performing above and beyond what they should be. It speaks to who you are as a leader. And so if you are reserved in sharing and being transparent and disclosing and giving more information to your team because you're afraid that somebody's going to run with the ideas and out excel you, then you've missed the point. 
Um, When we talk about transformational leadership, transformational leadership means that you are pouring into people who may have the capacity one day to surpass you. And if you have honored them and valued them and given them all of the skills and the skill sets to do their job, even if they become your manager or your VP or all the way up the food chain, they'll remember that you were the one that gave them that chance and you were the one that gave them insight on how to do their work better so that they wouldn't just plateau and sit in that seat for 40 years, but it also gave them both horizontal and vertical opportunities because of the the, the level of coaching and, and training and discipling that you've given to them. And so, yeah, I get it. You know, sometimes it's easier to give people what they want, right? Because that might be easier. Um, It allows for you, especially if you're a leader that doesn't like to have the difficult conversation, it allows for you to have the required benchmark of the once a month conversation and showing them exactly what it is that they've been doing. And it allows you to give them that flower flowery, um, constructive uh, criticism. Yeah, I understand, and I've done it before. Um, But at the same time, if you continue to reinforce um, behavior or performance that may not be the best that it could and should be long-term, you have to take responsibility for that person's downfall. And I know what you're saying, right? Because some some leaders might say, how can I be responsible for what the people do on, on my team? And that's exactly the point. If they are on your team, to some degree, after a while, especially if you've had them for an extended period of time, they are a reflection of who you are. And I know that this one's difficult, right? Because, again, we're touching a little bit on uh, culture because sometimes you inherit some teams, you inherit some organizations that have plateaued and they have declined for such a long time that status quo has become the new mark of excellence. But if you are doing what you're doing very well, it doesn't mean that you're going to create um, correct every single issue that is that is happening uh, within the team or the organization that you're leading. But you can be responsible um, for uh, helping uh, your department to turn around and start heading towards a different trajectory, which means that long term you are strengthening the organization, even if you are not necessarily the person that everybody loves. And I know, I know, I know, everybody wants to go to work and they want to feel, especially as leaders, like they are loved. They want to be invited out with the team um, for drinks and, and food after work. They want to be invited to all of the barbecues and the birthday parties. I know, but you know what? Part of what may or may not happen depending on what you inherit, is the ability to be that um, closely connected to the people that you are leading. And maybe because you are giving them what they need, maybe it is a good thing that you're not around for some of the extracurricular things that they may be involved in. It doesn't mean that you don't care for them, and it doesn't mean that you're not there for them, but what it does mean is you have a responsibility to always make the main thing the main thing. And so guess what? If you're leading and feeling like you're out on a limb by yourself and feeling underappreciated and feeling as though you have become the Debbie Downer or the Reverend Killjoy, be okay with that. That that is part of your responsibility. 
Uh, some of the best things that you will do for those that you are working with that are reporting to you, it may not seem as though it's the best thing on the front end, but on the back end, I promise you, they will come back years later and they will remind you of a conversation that you have long forgotten. And they will say to you, even if they choose to leave the organization, I'm so glad that you had that conversation with me. I'm glad that you pulled me aside and spoke to me about some of what I needed to do in order to improve myself. Thank you for holding the standard higher than what was um, acceptable to me prior to you uh, becoming my leader because by doing so, you showed me that there's more to what I'm doing. You also showed me that it is possible for me to achieve regardless of where I am right now in my benchmark. And I promise you, leaders, if you continue to set the bar based on what the need is and not what the want is, you will keep uh, creating teams that will be thriving, even if you may not necessarily be the most popular person. I remember in high school, I had a, an English teacher, and he was, to me, one of the best that I had. Back in those days, I didn't like the way that he did what he did. But I remember him saying, hey, Andre, I can't support what you're doing right now in my class. I think you can do better, and I want you to do better, and here's what you're going to have to do. And that conversation, I mean, I've been out of high school for more than 30 years, and even though I had that conversation 30 years ago, I can still see the conversation. I can still see that he was walking with me up and down the hallway trying to convince me to do more than what I was doing. And because of that difficult conversation, he didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, but he told me what I needed to hear. And because he told me what I needed to hear, that has never left me. And what he actually did was he added value to me as a young person. And leaders, guess what? It's not just the title. It's the responsibility that comes with it because you have to be um, held to a higher level, a higher standard as you hold those that are reporting to you and working with you to the same higher standard because at the end of the day, you are responsible for the whole person. You are responsible for making sure that your team is doing well, not just to make you look good, but so that they can survive in this jungle that we call organizations. And if you go anywhere that somebody is not performing well, after a period of time, they will become obsolete one way or the other. So guess what? Leaders, we have no choice. We have to give people what they need with love, with compassion, with empathy. And we've got to be careful that we don't give them what they want because what they want may be the detriment of them long-term. Thanks for listening to this conversation. Um, the email address, if you'd like to hear me come out and speak to your organization a little bit more about this, is bstlinc21 at gmail.com. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, and or share, because this is the space where we're talking about all things leader, leadership. And if you are a leader that's discouraged, I promise you, if you stick to it, and you learn how to give people what they need, they will thank you for not giving them what they thought they wanted. Until next time, have a good week, and thanks for tuning in.